Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number six in this series called Mercy and Grace, the Power and the Glory of God. You know, I don't think most people understand that modern science uh, has not always been opposed to the Scripture. As a matter of fact, it was the scientific discoveries by Newton and many other uh, people that changed the occult base superstition that was called science in ages past. And really the whole revolution of modern science came from people who read and believed the Bible, and they, they really got their discoveries straight out of the Bible. Uh, you know, and you can look this, I mean, you can look this up. Most of this stuff is fairly easy to find according to what kind of authors you read. Unless you read authors that hate God, hate the Bible, and want to disprove it and will lie about discoveries, they, uh, it's easy to find these resources. You know, gravity actually came from Job 26.7. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. This is where the discovery of gravity came from. The water cycle, Job 26.8. He wraps up waters, or the waters, in his clouds, yet his clouds do not burst under the weight. I, I think that's pretty, you know, pretty serious stuff. And the earth's core, that's an amazing fact that uh, the Bible talks very clearly in Job 28, 5 about the earth's core. It's amazing what came from the Bible, yet today, false science would have us believe that you can't believe science and believe the Bible at the same time because the Bible is all myth and all superstition. Well, here's something I want you to understand. You may think this is just a prejudicial statement, but it's not. You know, I've, I've always been willing to study science and health and, and, uh, and read the Bible at the same time. And based on what I can find from uh, decades of reading and studying and researching both, there has never been any factual scientific discovery or discoveries in archaeology or other discoveries that have ever proven the Bible to be wrong on a single point. It has amazed me, though, if you want to know the truth, the number of times when scientists did not understand something, and um, their first thing would be that the Bible's wrong. And then maybe, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 years later, they would discover, no, their science was wrong. I got news for you. Scientists never come out and repent. They never come out and admit that they were wrong. They just pick up a new mantra and, and start saying it as if they have been right all along. You know, one of the most interesting things in, um, in science that uh, NASA spent millions, if not billions of dollars uh, researching and trying to discover uh, how many dimensions exist in our universe? And uh, uh, a man by the name of Nachmanides, 
back around 1340 or somewhere in there from reading the first three chapters of Genesis and studying it, because he was a serious theologian and scholar, he actually was the first to discover that there were probably 10 dimensions uh, in the universe and that we were only capable of consciously connecting to and interacting with, with the four of them. And uh, that, was, that was in the Bible before science, before modern science had any idea that it was an actual fact. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians uh, is the first mention of there being more than three dimensions. You know, for the longest time, we were taught by science that this was a three-dimensional universe. It's not a three-dimensional universe. It's a four-dimensional universe, as Einstein discovered by um, the, uh, the time and space continuum. And I could, just, I could just go down the list on and on and on and on and on about the discoveries that came out of the Bible. You know, one of the discoveries that came out of the Bible is that the earth is not, in fact, the center of our galaxy. So, on and on and on. So today, I'm going to talk to you about what I call complementary opposites. Now, complementary opposites are where, where the, no matter how you, what terminology you use, you realize that in order for some things to exist, they have to have what is called a complementary opposite. Now, we don't tend to appreciate these. We don't tend to like these kinds of concepts that I'm sharing here because, sadly, uh, Christians in America have been so brainwashed that they think anything that contradicts the science that came in the United States is of the devil. And it just, it just blows my mind at how closed-minded, and I'm not talking, when I say closed-minded, I'm not talking about uh, being willing to play lightly with the Word of God. I believe the Word of God. I'm committed to the Word of God. I believe the Word of God is inspired. And I believe that anytime science and the Bible disagree, that either there is a misunderstanding by either the scientist or the theologian, or one or the other of them uh, are very prejudicially biased toward an opinion that they, that they actually can't prove. Now, when it comes to complementary opposites, this requires a type of thinking. And actually, you know, the book of, of Ephesians, you'll see Paul, actually Ephesians, Colossians, several places, you will see the apostle Paul use the word understanding. And when we read that, because it's the English translation, we think that he is talking about intellectual understanding, and he's not because the word understanding in the Greek language uh, has its basis in the heart. You know, um, understanding from a biblical point of view is the capacity to bring all of the facts or all the elements together, and even though they may appear to be opposites, bring them together and come to understand how they, how they interact, how they, how they support each other, how they complement each other. And uh, without the understanding of complementary opposites, the real truth is everything that we read, we have to pick a side. We have to pick, you know, which side we're going to go with. And, and so this is one of the things in this, in this uh, series, I've been talking to you about the whole counsel of God and how that the Christian world today is facing um, some real piracy of the mind, is what I, I would call it, 
Because on the one hand, religion has systematically and very deliberately redefined words for centuries, and words and the definitions of words uh, are the basis from which we start to bring information together and, and develop beliefs, and beliefs affect our heart, and our heart determines every, everything, about our, everything about our life. We automatically live out everything that's in our heart, whether we want to or not, good or bad, true or false, really, really doesn't matter. So when the Bible talks to us about renewing the mind, and I, I bring this out real often, renewing the mind isn't simply learning what to think. And it's absolutely essential to learn what to think, but renewing the mind is also a matter of how to think. So we have these words that have been redefined so that when you're reading a word in the Bible, you're quoting a verse in the Bible, and many times, because we don't do research into the original language, which we all could do if we, if we weren't too lazy to do it, or if we realized the importance that, and value that it would bring to our life by doing it. But, you know, one of the, one of the next things that we face is that we have this tendency to do what the Bible calls private interpretation of Scripture. And in private interpretation of Scripture, there's a lot of uh, subtle nuances to that whole idea. But private interpretation, a part of it is when you interpret Scripture based on your preferences. Now, through ignorance, through unbelief, and sometimes through outright rebellion, we often see terminologies in the scripture that we, we really don't understand or that we don't like. And usually we don't like them because of what religion has led us to believe about God. And so religion and much of how the Bible was a, a translated into the English version and even the Latin version, the, the church's concept of God was very negative, very legalistic. And so the translations that were done, so the, uh, the earliest translations were really translated to make God appear to be uh, very cruel, very uh, brutal. And, and by creating an image of a cruel and brutal God, then this gave the church uh, the false authority to be a cruel, brutal church and make people believe that they deserved it and that, they, and that the church had the right to treat them this way. So it was, it was just a means of control uh, and, and manipulation. So what happens is, is whether, you know, whether it's back in translation work or even now, just as we're reading a Bible, if we see, uh, for example, and here's an example I used in the very first message in the series, the Jews saw in the scripture the prophecies that the Messiah would come and he would be a, a suffering savior. And in those prophecies, not only did they foretell his crucifixion, not only did they foretell in incredible detail everything that he was going to go through. And by the way, when I first started reading the Bible, that was one of the things for me that just nailed it as far as the Bible being inspired and every word being correct and meaning something, if I could get to the original translation, is that I would read, uh, you know, I had a little New Testament, I'm reading through it, and of course, you know, if, if you just got a New Testament, and that's all you got, then of course, you're going to start out reading in the book of Matthew. Well, the book of Matthew 
uh, is designed to be very influential with the Jews. And so over and over and over in the book of Matthew, you see where it says that Jesus did this and so based on, uh, and it would, it would give a reference in Isaiah or some, uh, or Ezekiel or some other, you know, some other prophetic scripture. And I'll tell you, when I began to realize how that God could accurately foretell things right down to the words that would come out of Jesus' mouth or the words that would come out of the mouths of the people that would betray him. And, and like the crucifixion, now I didn't get this when I was first saved, but later y'all discovered it in the book of Daniel that, that Daniel prophesied the exact day that Jesus would allow the people to declare him as king and for him to accept that. And I'm like, man, if God can be right about something, uh, you know, 100 years, 400 years, 500 years, 1,000 years, uh, 5,000 years in advance, if he can get it right 5,000 years in advance, then, then obviously he is true and real God. And I'm telling you what, it, it had just such a profound effect on me. And so we need to take every word of God as being literal, even if it's a word that has an allegorical interpretation. You know, sometimes there are very literal words in the Bible that, that are being used to point you to an understanding about something other than the literal word that's being spoken. But those words are literal and they are inspired. And so, so uh, uh, we understand, we should understand, and unfortunately, because we have let religion deceive us, and mainly because we have let other people do our thinking, our reading, and our translation and interpretation work. And you don't even really need translation work. I'll tell you, everything I know about God being a good God, I discovered pretty much just from reading the scripture. It was so plain. It was so simple. It was so obvious. There was no big mystery. So God is good, and he's only good. We are delivered from the wrath of God over and over and over again. So this means every time somebody tries to tell you that uh, what you're going through is something God is doing to punish you, they are lying. Now, they might not know they're lying. They might not mean to lie, but they are lying, and they're using that as a way to manipulate or extract something from you. And so our, our basic concept of God is so negative that uh, we, we really were deceived almost the moment we, we open our Bible. Now, you don't have to be. Uh, you got to read, you got to think for yourself, but you got to let the Word of God be the final basis. And if you do that and, and even take the next step, in, and as you're reading the Bible, you're always in your heart, relying on the Holy Spirit, teach me what this means in my life. And that's a key factor. Don't, I'm not trying to get the Holy Spirit to teach me, uh, you know, theological interpretations. I want to know, because, you know, Jesus said very explicitly, he said, and, and I'm not paraphrasing, I'm kind of basing this on uh, the original language. He said, if you have, because, you know, they came to him and they accused him of just preaching his own doctrine. He said, you know what? If you had any intention to put any of this into practice, you would know that the doctrine that I teach is not my own, but it's from God. He says, because the person that teaches their own doctrine, that, that person is, you know, they're seeking self-gratification through ego and all that kind of stuff. And so we don't read the Bible much from 
the perspective of application, because when we think about application, we think about law, legalism, all these negative concepts that religion has crammed down our throat. You know, most of the time in the New Testament, when you find any place where anything negative is said about the law, if you were to use the tools that are free, I mean, the Blue Letter Bible, you can get that on your phone, and I am telling it's free. It is an incredible tool. There's all kinds of language to it, and you don't even really have to know the language uh, to learn how to use these tools. But when it says something about, about law that's good, usually the definite article, the, is in front of the word law, the law. It's talking about a specific law, not just law in general, but the law of Moses. And if the word the is there, it is not talking about the law of Moses. It's talking about the realm of the law, which is legalism. And, uh, uh, and so, so, you know, we read everything that Jesus said about the law. And, and even though he said that he didn't come to do away with the law, he said he's not bringing an end to the law. He came to fulfill the law. That didn't mean fulfill it and bring it to a completion, but to fulfill it from God's motive of love. And so, so again, we're so brainwashed into negativity and, and, and a form of legalism uh, ourselves that we just can't read the Bible prayerfully and let it speak to us. But when I would pray, and I still do this every time I read the Bible, it's like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? How do I need to be applying this to my life? Because application is not legalism. Application gets back to the intent and God will show you what you need to learn, what you need to know about having a great life right now, and what you need to put into practice right now. Now, one of the things that we just do not want to deal with, and I, I got I to move pretty fast. I'm covering a lot of material. Now, listen, in my audio series, I will go into incredible detail, particularly about some of these kinds of things. There will be six messages. And I, sometimes if I can't get it all in six messages, I'll pop you out a couple of bonus messages to, to, you know, to go with it. I try to keep this in a good, good price range. And when you, when you purchase these audio messages, uh, number one, you're making an investment in yourself. But number two, this is a lot of where our finances come from to do mission work all over the world and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so, so many of you, y'all put all this stuff out there for free. As a matter of fact, I, my friends are all the time saying, Jim, you put too much stuff out there for free. That's hurting you financially. Well, no, it's really not hurting me financially. And the truth is, if it was hurting me financially, I would still keep doing it because my goal is to take this gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. And really, that is the primary prerequisite to Jesus being, being able to come back. But we're not preaching the gospel uh, of the kingdom of God, and we're not getting it to the ends of the earth. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what church is doing. I don't know what anybody's doing. I just know what I'm doing and what the, what the Bible tells us to do. So um, you can get the audio series. A lot of you are committed disciples, and you always want to go deeper. So so download that. Jump into it tonight. So what we fail to grasp is that. The world system. Now, the world system is a system of how you live, how you think, uh, a system that defines morals, values, and ethics totally independent of the Word of God. And uh, when we 
uh, define morals, values, and ethics independent of the word of God. It's what the Bible calls lawlessness, or in the King James, it calls it iniquity. Lawlessness is the primary thing that causes the world to end up in war. It causes the world to end up in extreme wickedness. And actually, there has to be a level of lawlessness, a level of rejecting the word of God as the standard of values, morals, and ethics that, that has to be removed from the consciousness of the population. And only when we get to that level of wickedness will the Antichrist be able to come to power. I'm telling you, we are moving there at lightning speed. But the powers that be, are deliberately attempting to dummy us down. You know, um, uh, everything we've been taught since the first day we walked into a classroom was designed to steal our creativity, to steal our identity. Uh, studies show that actually that children have an incredible reduction in creative thinking within the first two years of going to school. You know, that's, that's where they tell you, no, you've got to color inside the lines. No, you got to stand in line when you walk down. They, 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 teach you to live by a rigid set of rules that ultimately steals your creativity. You know, we're taught false science, um, uh, that much of the false science we're taught has nothing to do as far as the minds of the teachers or the people who write the textbooks. Uh, some of it has nothing to do with spiritual values, but most of it does. But we're taught science that educators have known to be incorrect for 50 or 100 years. Today, our medical system could be completely different. Our economic system could be completely different. Our judicial system could be completely different. But we keep repeating and using information that not only is it completely wrong, but it has been proven to be completely wrong. So why would we do this? And by the way, let me say this. The, the sciences seem to be the area, the area where our imagination and thought processes are curtailed and dummied down the most. So much of what we're taught about creation, biology, physics, astrobiology, and the list goes on and on and on, um, is so incredibly correct. And everybody knows it's correct. All the people who write the textbooks know that it's incorrect. Well, you know what? They may not. They may have just been brainwashed by the system for so long uh, and heard it repeated so many times that they actually. I think is right. But I'm going to tell you, the people that are really behind this are people who hate God, who hate Christianity, who uh, want to eradicate all morals, values, ethics uh, from the earth. They want, you know, they want pedophilia to be normalized and legalized. Uh, uh, they want human trafficking to be something that, that meets a, a need in the market. I mean, you just, you just go down the list. But the biggest thing in general, besides all the specifics, I'm not going to spend all that time thinking right now, is that we don't know how to think. You know, right now in America, we are falling behind the rest of the world uh, in, in graduates with engineering degrees, with degrees that actually mean some people are getting the stupidest degrees at all. They can't go out and do anything. They can't make a living. They can't plant a garden. They can't build anything. And, and but they're getting these degrees and it's spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's absolutely worthless to them. But even worse is the fact that they have no capacity for critical thinking and analysis.
you know, we can't grasp multidimensional thinking and stop and think about it. If there's 10 dimensions in the universe, we need to be understanding all 10 of these dimensions. We've been robbed of the capacity to develop a consistent logic that perceives and understands paradoxical uh, realities or complementary opposites. You know, light and dark, simple thing. You have to have darkness to, to nurture. You have to have darkness to fulfill certain needs for human life, for plantation, you know, for the life of everything that exists on planet Earth. You have to have dark, but you also have to have light. And just a simple concept like that, sometimes people, people start asking me questions about good and evil, light and darkness, and they cannot grasp the simplest sense of which one's good and which one's bad. Well, no, they're complementary opposites. A lot of these things have to exist, if you will, in pairs, because otherwise there would only be one. If there was only one, that one would be in such excess that it would be totally destructive. You know, you read through the Bible. Uh, I love it. I think it's Psalm 85 where it talks about mercy and truth have met together. Now, see, mercy and truth doesn't seem to go together because everybody wants mercy, but they don't want truth because truth points to responsibility. And so either because we're afraid of the responsibility that owning up to truth would demand of us, uh, rather than preach mercy and truth, we just do away with it and just talk about mercy all the time and never, ever, ever talk about truth. It's like, it's like people who preach on the love of God all the time, talk about love, God loving you, God loving you, God loving you, God loving you, but they never talk about what Jesus himself said about that. And basically, if you don't love him, and if that is not expressed by the fact that you uh, keep his commandments, then, then really he's, he, he doesn't have a basis to communicate with you. He doesn't have any means to connect with you when you choose these things. So we look at these truths like mercy and truth, all of these different things. And again, I'm going more into this in the audio series, but we look at those kinds of truths and say, well, wait a minute. I like mercy, but you know I don't like I don't like truth or uh, mercy and grace. You know what? I'm just going to redefine uh, uh, grace and and I'm going to say that it's mercy too. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, you know, when I first uh, went into the ministry, I was involved in street ministry. And I roamed the streets at night. And I I would you know find hippies and um, drunks, alcoholics, hookers. I'd share the love of God with them. I'd minister to them. And, uh, and, you know, I, I would win, win them to Jesus. And uh, it, was, it was just such a profound thing to be able to talk to people about God and not have to put on filters like I did around the religious people. Well, listen, this is as far as I can go. I got some real reasons for sharing these things with you. I hope you'll check out the audio series. And I hope you'll be sharing this with a lot of people. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.